Being a good neighbor is important because we think so much about our kindness to people in terms of physical proximity, right? Like if you have a neighbor and they come knock on your door, you're likely to help them. But if it's a stranger you've never seen and they don't live in your neighborhood, you're kind of suspicious, like, what do you want? Um, and so for me, I came up with this idea of being a good neighbor in the world is our neighborhood because what if we treated everyone around the world as if they were our neighbor and we were all good neighbors? In Your Element is a teen-hosted podcast covering conversations with our allies. I'm your host, Abby Jones, and I get to chat with some of the most inspiring people. Our guests will include educators, creators, and changemakers who will reflect on their teen years, what makes them feel the most in their element, and things they wish they had known as a teenager. In Your Element is a part of the Element Collective, the first gamified life skills mobile app for teen girls. Download the app to earn exclusive rewards and get connected directly with mentors like the guests that you'll hear from on the show. You will probably be on your phone anyway. It might as well be fun and productive because when each of us are in our element, magic happens. Hi, friends, and welcome to another episode of your favorite podcast, In Your Element. Today's guest, Jessica Navongo, is a writer, photographer, entrepreneur, travel expert, influencer, and public speaker. If that wasn't enough, she also completed her journey as the first Black woman on record to travel to all 195 countries of the world in October of 2019. Like, that's so awesome. <laughs> she is a first-generation American, was born and raised in Detroit by Ugandan parents, and attended St. John's University in New York, where she earned a degree in English literature, later completing a graduate degree at the London School of Economics. She uses her blog, The Catch Me If You Can, to share her travel adventures and build a global community. She is also the founder of the lifestyle brand, The Catch. When she's not on a plane, she is home tending to her plants in Detroit, Michigan. Today, Jessica opens up with me about a lot of things, including her TED Talk, how travel has made her believe that people are truly good, about her new book that she is writing for National Geographic, and about the role that gratitude plays in her life. So welcome, Jessica. Hi, it's so nice to see your face. You are just an amazing, inspiring woman, and I'm so happy to get to talk to you. Oh, thank you so much, Abby. I'm super yeah. excited about this. Yay, I'm so glad. Um, all right, so well, I'm going to dive right in and just, I wanted to ask you, you know, what inspired you to start wanting to travel? Was it something that happened when you were a child or was it something that happened more recently? No, it definitely goes back to childhood. Um, my parents are from Uganda. They settled in Detroit permanently in 1969 and they both love to travel. So I've been traveling internationally since I was four years old. And it's something that I just kept doing. And in my early 20s, I had launched my website. 
the blog, the Catch Me If You Can. And I started, you know, writing about my adventures around the world. And it was really then, um, coupled with the fact that I'm a geography nerd, that I decided that I wanted to visit every country in the world. What uh, drew you to geography? Um, you know, I'm just a super nerd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I always enough. tell people I'm like, I'm just a really cool nerd. Um, but I love school. Um, I've always been into like geography and maps and atlases mm. and things like that. Um, and I think it probably came from like traveling abroad as a young child as well. Yeah. But I'm just a super nerd and I love all school except math. I don't like math. <laughs> We're like exactly the same. I in the school way. Like I just started AP Human Geo this year, and I never liked any sort of history or social studies classes before this year. And now I have a ninety-eight percent in like the hardest class. That's amazing. I, thank you. <laughs> um, but geography is actually so interesting and. I am someone who's gotten to travel a lot. I'm very lucky that I've gotten to travel a lot in my life. And yeah, I think being able to look at the geography aspects of it as well, the history behind different cultures and things like that. Were there any major culture shocks for you when you were traveling? Uh, I think the biggest one was definitely when I moved to Japan. So mm. two years after I graduated from undergrad, um, I decided to quit my corporate job shaved my head and moved to Japan. I had never been to Asia before. Um, and you know, the difference between going to an Asian country like Japan versus European countries is that when you're in Europe, you can still read the sign. Maybe right. you don't know what the words say, but you can still read it, right? Like yeah. you can still you see, see the letters. letters. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I remember landing in Osaka in February, 2008 and looking out the window and I was just like, Oh my God. <laughs> what? And Japan is really, really homogenous. And I feel like in the US, we take diversity for granted because, you know, you walk outside of your house for the most part, especially if you're living in urban America, you're going to see lots of different types of people. Whereas in Japan, it's so homogenous that I could go for months without seeing a foreigner where I was living. Interesting. So, yeah. Okay. What is your tattoo while well, I'm thinking? Oh, this tattoo. Um, so this tattoo, it's af actually called, um, it's from a set of images called Adinkra, which mm. is, um, from Ghana. And this specifically is, okay, I can't remember what it's called. So I'm not going <laughs> to embarrass myself, but it means it's a symbol for friendship. And so my best friend and I, we got it before I moved to Japan because she was going to be moving to Fiji just after oh. I moved to Japan. So we got it in the same place at the same time. Oh, I love that. Okay. I love tattoos. Whenever I see a tattoo, I'm like, what's the meaning behind that? Okay. Well, I was able to watch your TED talk earlier and something that you consistently brought up was being a neighbor. What does that mean to you? Because you say like, it, it doesn't just mean living next to somebody. Yeah. Um, being a good neighbor, I think being a good neighbor is important because we think so much about our kindness to people in terms of physical proximity, right? Like if you have a neighbor and they come knock on your door, you're likely to help them. But if it's a stranger you've never seen and they don't live in your neighborhood, you're kind of suspicious, like, what do you want? Um, and so for me, I came up with this idea of being a good neighbor in the world is our neighborhood because 
What if we treated everyone around the world as if they were our neighbor and we were all good neighbors? You know, I think it would just mean that we would all be a little bit kinder, you know, because the other thing is, I hate that people think badly of strangers. I don't know when that started, when we started to distrust strangers. Yeah. Um, but I always say, I think of myself as a good person. So why would I think someone is a bad person if I don't know them? I assume everybody is a good person until I learn otherwise, you know? And I think that's just, it's really a philosophy that I developed from traveling because so many strangers were instrumental in me visiting every country in the world, enjoying every country yeah. in the world, um, and really getting that deep cultural exploration. And so, you know, very, very, very few bad things have happened to me out in the world. And I think it's because most people are good. Yeah. To take a different look on it, I mean, immediately trusting somebody can also lead to bad things. Like, Especially for women, I've noticed women just immediately trust somebody and they get taken advantage of. That's happened to me multiple times in my life. And I'm only 15. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. And to that point, I think you also have to trust your gut. Yeah. Right. Like, I think one thing women have is we have our, our instinct. And so... I think a lot of times when we do end up in certain situations, we realize there was that little thing <laughs> yeah. in the back of our head, but we we ignored it. Right. And so I think so much of it is about tuning into yourself via meditation or whatever and just being sure that you're constantly listening to yourself because you really you know. Right. Right. You can sense danger. It's about responding to that sense and then turning the other way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think being able to be a good person yourself also makes others be like, oh well I don't want to be a bad person to this person. I mean it's literally just killing people with kindness. They're like, well I can't <laughs> I can't be mean to this person now because they're such a good person. Exactly. And then you know if you're emitting positive energy you're, you're also attracting that positive energy exactly. as well. And I think you also have to watch your thoughts as well. Yeah. Um, because, you know, if you have positive thoughts, you're going to bring positivity to you. Yeah, exactly. And for you, like, how do you just trust people? You know, that's not something that is easy in this day and age. It's just being able to say, no, you, you're a good person, even though I don't know anything about you. Um, I trust you. And you say that in your TED Talk. Turn to the person next to you and say, I trust you. Did you mean that? <laughs> and, um, so how do you keep that mindset? Honestly, um, it's my life experiences that make me able to keep it that way. Like, I had a situation, you know, being very open, which I've never talked about this publicly, and I won't go into detail. But um Towards the end of last year, I was dating a guy and found out that he lied about his whole entire existence. And, you know, it was horrible and it was traumatic for me. And I got so scared because I thought, oh, my God, what if this makes me not trust people like oh my God, am I now going to be afraid to go out in the world because now I'm going to be second guessing what anyone tells me um, because I I felt like my intuition let me down, you know? Yeah. And it was something that I was able to get over and, and it, it didn't change how I feel about people. 
and how I feel about trusting people. What I recognize is that that was one bad actor and I'm not going to allow that one bad thing change this life philosophy that I've built up over many, many years because it's one bad thing happening versus thousands of good things. And so I always say we have to take bad things that happen with a grain of salt mm-hmm. the same way we take all of the good things with a grain of salt. Yeah. Because as soon as one bad thing happens, then we want to generalize that to everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But we don't generalize the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. Um, I mean, obviously it's not on the same level, but I had something similar happen probably about a month or two ago where I was like talking to someone and uh, he was not what you would think, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm still like not willing to trust anybody. And, um, for, for myself, <laughs> how did you get through that situation? I mean, was it just being able to look at all the good things or was there anything specific that you were able to do? <laughs> I mean, I had to go away <laughs> for yeah, a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and like pick up the pieces. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it definitely it took time, but not as much time as I thought it would take because yeah. I truly in my core believe that most people are good. I don't care about the news, you know, social media, all these stories we hear. You know, the New York Times just did a report. We're more inclined to share negative news yeah, than good news. I know. Yeah. And so we have this feeling of like, the world is a horrible place. (laughs) And that's why my TED Talk, I flipped the statistics. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I said like, yeah, in the United States, less than 4% of the population is affected by crime. But we have these multi-billion dollar industry around crime prevention, right? Uh, But nobody ever flips the statistics. Yeah. So for me, it really, it, it. I just went back inside of myself and said, yes, this is absolutely horrible. But Jessica, you need to remember most people are good. These are the real life experiences you've had. This sucks and this is horrible, but most people are still good. Yeah, I think that's where I need to get to (laughs) because I'm like, no, everybody sucks and I can't trust anybody and (laughs) everybody's going to do the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, and... Okay, you said like a month or two. That's very, very well, yeah, recent. Exactly. Like, yeah, that's why I'm still in that place. Give it, give it a little bit longer. Yeah, um, but the thing is, you have to be really, really careful not to stay there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have to get to a point where you can be open again, um, even just for friendships. Yeah. Because if you close yourself off and that person won, and they end up stealing so much more from your life than you'll ever imagine. And it's not worth it. So definitely take your time, <laughs> cry about it, write about it, journal about it, breathe it in, breathe it out. But then you got to let it go. Yeah. I. <laughs> it's a difficult process, man. It but is. It is. Yeah. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, earlier, you were talking about like everything horrible going on in the world and that would have to include COVID, <laughs> you know, all of that good stuff. Um, how did that affect your traveling? Because, you know, traveling around the world wouldn't be very easy with the global pandemic. <laughs> it was not easy with the global <laughs> pandemic. Um, for me, I actually found a lot of gratitude in the stillness. Mm. 
the time that I spent home in 2020 was more than I spent in my house the last three years combined. And I appreciated it. I got to redecorate my house. Um, I did a renovation on another place. And so for me, I really enjoyed the slower pace. Um, in the summer, I did, I drove like 12,000 miles around the U.S., which was amazing. For me, I really loved slowing down and living life slower. And I feel like right now my life is back to 2019 pace. Mm. And I hate it. <laughs> really? Why yeah, is that? I'm like, because like, I think this year I've taken like almost 60 flights. Oh my God. And I'm just tired. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm really, really tired. I think in the month of September, I'll close out around like 10 flights. Like four of them were international long haul flights. So I'm just tired. And and I'm like, oh, I miss quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I get that. What did those shifts look like for you? Um, Like emotionally going from traveling all the time to going to a pandemic to going back to where you are now? Yeah, um, I think like in March, things were hard because I have a, um, I was running a travel agency at the time. Mm-hmm. So I lost, yeah. <laughs> I lost a lot of money in the first 30 days. And so I was super depressed because yeah. I was like, oh my God, how am I going to eat <laughs> and feed myself? <laughs> um, and so that was really hard in the beginning. And then I think by the time April, May came around, I sort of like, I settled in and I was like, all right, you know, control the controllables. We are where we are. And I started meditating every single day and just being more grateful for every little thing. You know, I was grateful that I, you know, I work for myself Mm -hmm. and I lost a lot of money, but I could still afford to pay for where I live and pay for food and things like that. A lot of people were in much worse situations than I was. And so it was, it was really about gratitude. And even now things are really tough because I'm working on my book. Um, I'm working on launching a podcast. I still do public speaking engagements and brand work. And so now I'm just at the point where I'm just trying to balance everything um, and remain grateful, even though I'm like at my breaking point. So I think, honestly, for me, it's always about coming back to gratitude. Really? Yeah. Talk some more about that. <laughs> Tell me more yeah, about gratitude. So, yeah. So when I journal, anytime I journal, which I don't do it every day, I wish I did. But anytime I journal, before I start my journal, I put five things I'm grateful mm-hmm. for. Sometimes it may just be, I'm grateful for my house. I'm grateful for my body in that like I'm in good physical health. I have four working limbs. I can see. I can hear. I have my full mobility. You know, it's those things that we take for granted every single day because we just wake up and, you know, everything is working as we need it to work. And so whenever I'm super stressed out, I always come back to gratitude. Like, is writing a book the worst thing I've ever done in my life? (laughs) Yes. But I'm writing a book for National Geographic, you know? So, yeah. So it's like I have to find the gratitude (laughs) when I'm stressed out. Okay. Yeah. Tell me more about your book because National Geographic, <laughs> that's amazing. That's so yeah. cool. Thank you for this geography nerd. I'm yes. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> so um, it's coming out in May 2022. Okay. It's called The Catch Me If You Can. 
And I'm going to write 100, well, I've already written 100 (laughs) stories of 100 countries. And I'm just really excited for people to read it so that people think differently about the world. You know, I write about a lot of countries that most people have never been to. Mm -hmm. Most people will never consider going. And I think between the photography and my words, it just shows the world, all parts of the world in a much more beautiful light. Yeah, and allows people to be more grateful for <laughs> for different things. That's that's amazing. That's so cool. And yeah. So one of our main questions is what is something that you wish you'd have known as a teen or going back and getting to talk to your teen self with some advice that you would give to yourself? I would tell myself it gets better and You don't have to have everything figured out right now. And you don't have to be like everybody else. And that's okay because you are not like everybody else. And that's okay. That's what I would tell myself. That's beautiful. I think think people say that all the time. They're like, you don't have to be like everybody else. But nobody actually takes that to heart. And, you know, people see it as a cliche. But it's actually a very genuine thing that people don't live by they hear it but they they're like oh it's just cliche yeah and the world will try to beat you up i feel like especially when you're a teenager and i i cannot imagine being a teenager with social (laughs) media i'm like it was hard enough like i can't imagine having social media and being a teenager that would just probably have put me in the dirt that's what my Um, talk was about (laughs) yeah it's just shout out to all of y'all who are surviving (laughs) your teenage years right now um but yeah I think you know I talk a lot about authenticity yeah and you know I meet a lot of important people (laughs) um I'm always the same person it doesn't matter who I'm talking to I'm talking to you right uh I could be talking to the prince of Monaco who I met a couple weeks ago I could be talking to the head of a company I'm the same exact person. No matter who's talking to me, I'm the same exact person. Because I've gone through depression, I've gone through suicide attempts, and I'm still here. And the reason I'm still here is because I finally was like, you know what? I am who I am. I am going to be happy with who I am. I'm not going to try to be what anybody else wants me to be. I am who I am. You like it. You don't like it. I literally don't care. (laughs) Yeah. But I like it. And the reason I'm surviving is because I like me. And so I have to just keep that in mind going forward. It took a long time to get here. And I think that's the thing, right? We see people at their height, right? I don't think I'm necessarily at my peak, but, you know, we see people once they're in the public eye and we're like, Oh my gosh, she's so awesome. She's so this, she's so that. But it's like, but do you know everything that I went through to get right, here? Exactly. Everything that I that I survived to get here? No, because you guys just want to see the shiny image on the other end. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's the highlight reel versus the documentary. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. Um, I really, really appreciate you talking with me today and your transparency and um, how amazing you are i said this with everybody that they're so amazing and i'm like but but they are so amazing (laughs) oh that's so sweet i'm glad i could do this like i don't talk about this stuff a lot but i know that it's really important for teens to hear it which is why 
um, I'm more open to share with you so that hopefully when your audience listens to it, if they hear it enough, they can believe it and they can survive and become amazing human beings on the other side of everything. I love that. (laughs) Um, All right. So final question for you. Tell me where everybody can find more about you, social media platforms and podcasts and book and everything. Yes. um, You can find me on Instagram at Jessica Nabongo. And my website is thecatchmeifyoucan.com. So if you subscribe to our newsletter, you will get all of the updates. Thank you for talking to me today. Thank you.